and welcome to the Absolute Recap Chemistry Edition, where we aim to maximize your understanding and minimize your need for memorization. Each episode will recap content, skills, and test-taking tips to help you succeed in May. I'm your host, Melanie Kingett, and your recap starts now. Hi, and welcome to the Absolute Recap Chemistry Edition. Today's episode will recap chemical formulas and naming. Let's zoom out. A rather famous comic strip shows the following story. Two men walk into a bar. A glass of H2O, please, says the first man. The second one adds, a glass of H2O, too. As soon as the second man takes a sip, he starts choking. But why? H2O, too, is commonly known as hydrogen peroxide and quite harmful when ingested. If he would have ordered a glass of water, this wouldn't have happened. As you can see, being able to write chemical formulas and use their names in appropriate situations might actually save lives. Therefore, in today's episode, we will recap chemical formulas and naming chemical compounds. Let's zoom in. When writing chemical formulas and naming compounds, our first step has to be to determine the type of compound. A quick reminder from our chemical bonding episode. Two nonmetals form molecular compounds by sharing one or more valence electrons. A metal and a nonmetal form ionic compounds, which are the result of the attractive forces between oppositely charged ions. Let's start with ionic compounds. Ionic compounds are crystal lattices made up of positively charged cations with negatively charged anions. Think the T of the cation like a plus sign. The overall lattice is not charged because the sum of the positive charges is equal to the sum of the negative charges. The chemical formula for ionic compounds doesn't tell us the exact number of ions, but it does show us the ratio between cations and anions. How do we know what type of ion an element forms? To determine this, we need to use our cheat sheet, the periodic table. We can determine the number of valence electrons of an element using the group in which they are. Group one elements have one valence electron, group two, two, group 13, three, and so on. Now we have already discussed that atoms are most stable when they have noble gas configuration, meaning having eight valence electrons in their outermost shell. To form an ion, atoms can either lose or gain electrons. When we look at group one elements with one valence electron, it's easier for them to lose that one electron than to gain seven. Therefore, the alkali metals form one plus ions. Group two elements lose two valence electrons and form two plus ions. On the other hand, for elements in group 17 with seven valence electrons, it's easier to accept one than lose seven. Therefore, halogens form anions with a charge of one minus. To form an ionic compound with a net charge of zero, we have to have a balanced ratio between cations and anions. For example, if we have Na plus and Cl minus, the chemical formula would be NaCl. I need one of each. If I have Al3 plus and O2 minus, I'm looking for the LCM, the least common multiple. In this case, that's six. So to get to six charges for each, I need two Al3 plus ions, and three O2 minus ions. My chemical formula is therefore Al subscript two O subscript three. The subscripts indicate the ratio. For two aluminum cations, there are three oxygen anions. The metal ion is always first, and no charges are written in the chemical formula since the net charge is zero. This is a bit like playing with Legos. Imagine the oxygen ion as being a two stud piece 
and the aluminum as being a three stud piece. You want to combine them to form a block with no open studs between the two. Therefore, you will need two of the aluminums and three of the oxygens. If you have some Legos lying around, give it a try. It's a great visualization. Just don't step on them. Ouch. Another helpful trick here is the crossing over method. You can write the two ions, Al3+, and O2- next to one another. And then the three plus crosses down to become the subscript of oxygen, and the two minus crosses down and becomes the subscript of aluminum. Because the chemical formulas for ionic compounds are the smallest whole number ratios, you have to then check if you can cancel. Now that we know how to determine the ionic formula, let's talk about naming ionic compounds. To do so, we have to take a closer look at the metal and determine if the metal is a main group metal or a transition metal. Transition metals, as well as some post-transition metals, can form ions of different charge. Iron, for example, can form Fe2+, as well as Fe3+. It's important to indicate this because it affects the chemical properties of the compound formed. Therefore, these ions are named with a Roman numeral in parentheses behind the element name, iron 2 cation and iron 3 cation. Main group metals are just called with their element name plus cation. For example, sodium cation. The nonmetal, which is the anion, receives an IDE ending. The ion of chlorine is called chloride. The oxygen ion, oxide. To name your ionic compound, you just put the cation and anion name together. For example, NaCl is sodium chloride. Al2O3 is aluminum oxide. And Fe3N2 is iron, Roman numeral 2, nitride. Be careful that you are aware of the difference between ionic charge of a transition metal and the subscript. This might need some practice. Okay, let's switch to molecular compounds. Remember that molecular compounds form between non-metals. In comparison to ionic compounds, there can be several chemical formulas for compounds being formed between the same two elements. One example we heard about in the beginning, H2O and H2O2. Both consist of hydrogen and oxygen, but water has two hydrogens and one oxygen, and hydrogen peroxide has two hydrogens and two oxygens. And that makes a huge difference and can obviously create a life and death situation. Therefore, molecular formulas are not ratios, but they show us the exact number of atoms that are bonded together to form the molecule. This has to reflect in the process of naming. When naming molecular compounds, we use Greek prefixes for numbers to indicate how many atoms of an element there are in the molecule, which is our subscript. The Greek prefixes are mono, one, di, two, tri, three, tetra, four, think of tetrapack with its four corners, Penta, five. Think of the Pentagon with five corners. Hexa, six. Hepta, seven. Octa, eight. Nona, nine. And Deca, ten. A decade has ten years. Since these are prefixes, we combine them before the element name, and the second element gets an IDE again. Let's look at a few examples. PCl5 is phosphorus pentachloride. The prefix mono is not used if the first element is one. We also do not write the one as a subscript. If we have N2O, it would be dinitrogen monoxide. Here we are using the mono because it is the second element. Water, or water if you're from Philly, is therefore dihydrogen monoxide. 
Try to order that in the restaurant next time. There is one special group of chemical compounds that is made up of non-metals, acids. You can easily identify them because their chemical formulas start with H. Let's first focus on binary acids, which are made of only two elements. Like HCl, according to naming rules, it would be hydrogen monochloride. To reflect its acidic properties, the name that is used for HCl in aqueous solution is hydrochloric acid. Hydro for the hydrogen, chlor for chlorine, and to indicate the acid, we add ic acid. Having said that, water should actually be hydroxic acid, but no, that's weird. To recap, for ionic compounds, the formulas show the ratio between cations and anions that are forming the ionic compound with a net charge of zero. When naming, you combine the name of the cation and the name of the root of the anion and add IDE to the anion. The formulas of molecular compounds show us the exact number of atoms that are bonded and is reflected in the chemical name by using Greek prefixes. A subgroup are binary acids, which end in ic acid. Coming up next on the Absolute Recap Chemistry Edition, types of chemical reactions. Today's question of the day is about names of chemical compounds. What is the chemical formula for sulfuric acid? For the answer to the question of the day, please follow us on Instagram at the Absolute Recap. That's the A-P-S-O-L-U-T-E Recap. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. For updates on episode schedules, study guides, and to contact us with questions and suggestions, please visit our website, theabsoluterecap.com. The Absolute Recap is produced by Brad Kingett with music by Zach Caruso. Today's episode was written by Sarah Rader. Time's up, Bunsen burners off. Thank you for listening to the Absolute Recap Chemistry Edition. AP is a registered trademark of the College Board. Copyright 2020, Absolute Recap LLC. All rights reserved.